ladies and gentlemen what are you doing listening to this incredibly non-ladylike or gentlemanly podcast <laughs> that's a terrible joke to start a show isn't it really Anyway, welcome to episode 42 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Little disclaimer, there's no uh, knowledge upon, you know, life, the universe and everything in this. It's just episode 42. Joining me in the kitchen, it's my husband, Richard. Hello. He didn't enjoy my song. It was a song. It was certainly a song. Hey. It was certainly some words. I thought that was a pretty good intro, to be fair. It was Boston, yeah. So, um, Rich is here, with more notes than me, despite the fact that somebody else was supposed to be here, and isn't bully. So, well done, Rich, for being all prepared and shit. Yeah, better than work. <laughs> Good point, well made. Well, hey, I don't think I need to introduce you much more, do I? Because you're my husband. I've been on before. And you've been on before with... Irish Kieran. Drunken Shotgun Round. Go listen to that episode, it was pretty funny, actually. How long so, ago was that? It was just before Christmas last year, it was like October, November last year. Thirty-four or something weird. Something like that. I probably should have checked. Anyway, I'm just going to bounce right into it then, since you're all prepared and stuff. Rich, what do you want to talk about? I saw Fantastic Four, the new Josh Trank movie, which is was a thing that happened. Can you stop that, please? That's Sorry. that's incredibly rude. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reed Richards is supposedly a genius in this film. <laughs> supposedly. But he gets discovered by Franklin Storm at what seems like a 10-year-old science fair while he looks about 35. Oh. So I'm not sure as to what the point of that was. I don't know if he's supposed to have been at school with his kids, but a teacher tells him off and calls him a loser. And Franklin Storm appears and he's like, hey, you can do science and your mate looks like a jock, even though it's Billy Elliot. Um, <laughs> come work for me or, I don't know, I'll educate you. I'm not entirely sure if it was a business or a university. So he goes along because he made this matter transporter. And they, he builds it with Victor Von Doom and Sue Storm and Johnny Storm. And they all like don't like each other, but then they all like each other and they don't like each other. So they build this matter transporter. NASA go, oh, we're like that. So they all go, no, that, that's bullshit, that is. This is exactly how the film goes. Okay. Um, <laughs> is it so, so they all get drunk, apart from Sue, because women aren't funny in this film. Oh, oh women, women are terrible don't in this ever film. get drunk. <laughs> so they all get drunk and have some fun and go... You know what? Let's fucking do this. Let's go to this parallel dimension, which we'll call Planet Zero, not the negative zone, for no reason whatsoever. Is there licensing reasons? I think so. It's fantastic (laughs) fun. So let's just go. So they go. It goes wrong. They have an accident. Victor gets stuck there. The other three come back. They've all been, like, weirded out. Somehow Sue gets zapped, even though she's in the lab on her own, not in this parallel dimension. Um, Backlash, Zap. So they all get... the The four of them get quarantined. Victor's stuck in the negative zone. That's the first era of the film. Isn't the film only like 90 The film's barely minutes? 90 minutes. Where? With credits, it's less than 90 minutes. Yeah, and then the next thing you see is one year later. Of course. Because, you know, um, boilers, stuff happens at the end, they have a fight. Okay, I need help here because I'm not... <laughs> that's, that's the premise of the film. Um, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Is it Fantastic Four, though? Because, and I ask this because I'm terrible at comics, I've not read much in the way of Fantastic Four. But I always thought of them as like like a proper family unit kind of thing, even though they're it's not It's really. more Ultimate Fantastic Four right. in the fact that they don't start off as a family. You never read Ultimate Fantastic Four. No, that's what that um, face was. <laughs> so their origin's a bit more like that. Right. It gets dragged out. They're, they're not that bad when they get friends with each other. And there's a couple of moments between Ben and Reed that aren't that bad. 
And Johnny, Michael B. Jordan plays Johnny Storm, but I think he's quite good. You think? Yeah. He looks so quizzical. The film is edited so badly, like, like a monkey with ADHD or something. It's terrible. The scenes that blatantly just end, there's some scenes that shouldn't exist. There's scenes where Sue's got a different haircut than she did 10 seconds ago when she was sat around the corner. It's really badly done, and I can't blame any of the actors. Victor Von Doom's not great. Who's he again? Uh, the actor. Yeah, Toby not, not who's Victor Von Doom on Earth. Who are, I've seen in stuff, but I can't remember what. I was say, He's infinitely better than Julian McMahon was in Well, that's the because films. Julian McMahon is a flipping marionette wooden doll man. But compared to, like, Fantastic Four, he's like Laurence Olivier when he's in Charmed. I mean, that's how terrible yeah. he is in Fantastic Four. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I can't blame any of the actors at all. I, I think the characterizations aren't actually that bad. It, this is not the film anyone set it to make. Why does it exist? I keep hearing this. It exists because they have to make this film, otherwise they will lose the rights to Fantastic Four and they will go back to Marvel. But wouldn't you rather lose the rights to something than churn out garbage that doesn't make much money? Because they think they can still make money. But this isn't going to make much money, This isn't. (laughs) (laughs) But the the first two did, and all the Spider-Man films have. Even though in America all Spider-Man films, all five of them, have made less money than the previous one, they still make a lot of money. Mm. This could be the tipping point. Fingers crossed. Well, I was going to say, considering that, that they've done a deal with Marvel. No, that was Sony, wasn't it? They've yes, Sony done a deal with Marvel. About Spider-Man. Yes. You would think, given how much the Marvel movies make, you'd want to do a share of... Could could they not work out something similar where they're like, we'll loan you some Fantastic Four? I form. don't know, because Fox also have X-Men, which is profitable. That's true. Do you know that's the one It might make more sense for them Deadpool. to write off Fantastic Four entirely and keep X-Men. Mm. Yeah. The the problem is, I haven't read much Fantastic Four in my life, and the stuff that I have read, I actually find kind of boring, because it always yeah, seems to be something dramatic's going to happen, everybody thinks they can't do something to help, even though Reed's like a super genius, and then by the end of the comic, Reed, Reed will figure it out. This is, why, <laughs> this is why, though, I think Fantastic Four would work well in Avengers, or at least Reed would, whereas with X-Men, I... I'd gladly keep them apart in the comics. I wish they were separate universes. Yeah, me too. Um, so I've got no problem with that. But Fantastic Four, yeah, I think it could deal in the I, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was going to say, I can't think of a situation in which... I know I, I just said I haven't read many Fantastic Four comics, but I can't think of any comic arc that I would think that would make a good standalone movie for Fantastic Four. But I also think that about Spider-Man. Really? Yes. But he's got loads of... Name a great Spider-Man story arc. That one... No. Wait. Chinny <laughs> <laughs> um, chin. I don't know, actually. Yeah, See, there's, there's a few good ones, like Craven's Last Hunt stands out, but that's about it. Yeah. And that wouldn't be a great film, because it's not really about Spider-Man. No. Anyway, Fantastic yeah. Four, the movie. Yeah. Um, so, because you watched it without me because you're a bully, should I bother? I wouldn't make a lot of effort to see it. It's interesting, mm-hmm. to say the least. Once they have their accident and get their powers, spoilers, um, everyone knows they get their powers, but they, there is, it, it's shot like a horror film, straight up horror film. There's angles and like weird lighting and all this stuff, and Johnny's like in perpetual pain because he's on fire. Which Ooh, I'm like, if no, that, that sounds horrible. If that film had been made, might have been a lot more interesting than the one that did, because the, the, the director blatantly went, I'm going to do this, and then they ended it and went one year later. Because. <laughs> And then the, the end of the film is total reshoots by the, the sounds and looks of it. Oh, awesome. Um, and the actual ending is, actual spoiler warning here, if you don't want to know, skip forward about two minutes. 
they all team up like you know, and you play a video game, and you all have to do special powers one after another. That's what happens. <laughs> so it's like Ben punches a thing, and Reed stretches, and Sue goes invisible, and like puts a barrier around him, and then Johnny sets on fire, and the only team once after another, and he goes, "Ugh." <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what to say about this movie. Oh, and the literal last shot parallels a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Ooh. And no, much you've better. No, you've got Marvel. to tell me. You've got to tell me. Spoilers. Okay, guys. no spoilers. The end of Fantastic Four. If you've seen Age of Ultron, this will make sense. The end of Fantastic Four is them deciding on a name for the team while looking out over a big empty room. And Ben says something is fantastic. And he's like, oh, we should be. And then it goes off in the same way that Caps like Avengers, but doesn't say assemble. Don't don't draw parallels to a no, much better film. Don't, yeah, don't point out films that are better to watch. Yeah, but like if Freddie got fingered, you know, referenced Citizen Kane. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it goes by very quickly. If people want to see yeah, it out of morbid curiosity. Thing. Yeah, because some films really drag. That's true. This film just flies by. I think I'm probably going to... It's going to be one of those ones, if it's on telly, over a Christmas break, and I haven't got anything better to do in that particular moment, yeah. I might watch it. Yeah. I'm not. I think when it's on Netflix. Yeah, I think the problem with this film for me is that I'm not that invested in the characters. Anyway, is it ever explained in the comics or any of the films why the same accident gives them all completely different powers? Don't really think so. Okay. I'm not. I'm not fully up on original Fantastic Four mm-hmm. from the sixties. And Ultimate, I dipped in and out. I was more into Ultimate Spider-Man. That's the thing that's always stuck in my craw. Because I feel like even though comics don't need to explain everything because cosmic it's rays. fucking ridiculous. No, cosmic yeah. ray? Oh. But, but why would the same cosmic ray give one person flame skin and another person rock skin and another person stretchy powers? I don't know. Science? Comic science? There's a lot of different Stanley characters that get hit with a similar accident and have totally different powers. Mm. You'd burp them. I did, I did, yeah. I don't know if it picked up though, so thanks for pointing it out. (laughs) So, you're not really recommending Fantastic Four unless you don't pay for it. And I say, of morbid curiosity, it's worth it. If you're a weird completist, it's worth it. I think it's not as bad as some reviews make out, but it's still shit. Mm. Is that because you were prepared for it to be terrible, terrible though? And I thought from the first trailer that it was going to be arse. And I, th- I think this probably will kill Josh Trank's career of making massive films because I, I don't think his vision... I think he was shat all over by the studio, but he also is an arsehole to people by the sense well, of it. Well, I was going to say... He wouldn't talk to the cast and would like, lock himself away. If all these are true, he's not helping himself either. I was going to say, same like he went in there entirely not wanting to do it and then people got gross and things got changed because he didn't want to make a superhero movie. Yeah, and, about and right. it's just... It, it's really bizarre. If you don't want to make a superhero comic book film, don't. Pass it on to somebody yeah. who does and might make a good one. That's what I say. That's my bit of advice anyway, to a man who's probably not Fantastic Four. <laughs> Half a star. Half a star yeah. out of how many stars? 17. Se- that's a weird number of stars. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't think it's true. It, no, it's fine. That's a really small amount of stars for it, though. It's not actually that bad. I'll give it like one out of five. <laughs> should, we, uh, should we talk about a film that we've both seen that was good? Ant-Man! Ant-Man was good, yeah. We've done an Ant-Man. Guys, it's so good. I thought it was going to be good anyway, because I think all of the trailers made it look like a really good balance between action and funny and awesome. But I think the thing I liked the most about it, aside from Paul Rudd being beautiful and amazing, is the fact that it wasn't like high stakes, smashing every building in New York, like 
fucking big old fighty fight at the end. There was a big old fighty fight, but it was on a children's train set and it was kind of amazing. You look like you're going to disagree yeah, with me. The fight at the end annoys me. Oh, why? Because it's the same fight as Iron Man. Yeah. Bloke has exactly the same powers as main character. Yeah. They have a fight. Hey, man has suit. Other man has suit too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that it was less high stakes though. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, if I lose this fight, then he's going to press that button or blow up New York. It's a, fuck you, that's my daughter, man. Yeah. I, I like a film that has stakes that are a bit more personal. It's more relatable. Like, you know, I would, I care about places, obviously, but I've got no real stakes in New York because I know a couple of people there, but I've never been, don't really know it. Whereas, yeah, this felt like a bit more personal, which is good. What's the name of the really hilarious guy who's the gang member? Michael Pena. But yeah, he's amazing. Isn't he amazing? He's good. Um, I liked it. it <laughs> it's the most surprising film, I think, since the first Iron Man, because like a lot of people, I went into Iron Man thinking, oh, another comic book film. I'll enjoy it, but it's just a comic book film. <laughs> and it was great. And then so I expected like me to love Iron Man 3 and Avengers and... You kind of knew what to expect from all the other films since, and even a bit with Guardians. I thought Guardians might be a financial risk, but I th- you could tell it was going to be great the way they were doing it and with yeah. James Gunn. But with this, this had the Edgar Wright problem. This yeah. had bringing in several people to rewrite it, including Paul Rudd. It had a director who, you know, hadn't done anything I was particularly that knowledgeable about before, and it was fucking awesome. So it, it, it was a surprisingly good film. Yeah. Um, and I think it fit really well into the whole universe. Mm-hmm. Without, you know, there's one scene which I won't, don't think we should spoil in case people haven't seen it, where there is a character from the, the extended universe. Okay, yeah. Which I did see a snippet of in a trailer, and I kind of wish I hadn't, because it'd been an awesome surprise. But yeah. apart from that, it stands on its own, but has the exact same feel as a lot of other Marvel films, a lot mm-hmm. of other good Marvel films. Yep. And Paul Rudd is good, Evangeline Lilly is good, and Michael Douglas was very good. Yeah, he was actually. I was a bit surprised by that, because I, I don't know that I've seen many films with him in. And if I have, he obviously hasn't stood out to me because I don't remember him in anything. You're looking at me like, what should I have seen? I'm not sure what you'd have seen him in. No. But I thought, yeah, I thought he was great. And I think the really, like, one of the really good things about the film is the fact that it, um, it's sciencey, but in a way that it's like, it explains just enough in terms of not just being like, oh yeah, suit that shrinks. But it doesn't go so far into it that you start questioning the science. Because it's obviously not real science. It's a comic book film. I hate people yeah. that question the science I was of gonna, comic book films. I was going to say, but I think sometimes sometimes movies draw attention to it by trying to explain, really explain the science. Whereas this was like, hey, I dicked about with some particles and boom, ant suit. You're like, yeah, cool. Everything about this film was really good. I even didn't mind the small child person. I don't normally like kid actors, and she was all right. But I think they made her slightly weird, which helps. Yes, that ridiculous bunny yeah. that he buys her is the best bunny I've ever seen in my life. It would give me nightmares. And I, I really like the fact that they started off with a stereotypical, oh, his ex-wife's boyfriend's a bit of a dick to him. Mm. But you've realised he's not actually a dick. He's just a bit of a dick to him because, let's face it, he hasn't been a great father yeah. or a great partner. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and he's a cop and he's just got out of prison for being a thief. So you can see why. Oh, yeah, totally. It, doesn't, it does a lot of cliche stuff quite well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I was... Glad it stuck to the the current theme of the Ant-Man books as well, which is he just wants to look after his daughter and make sure she's all right, really. Yeah. He's got no grander schemes than that. And he's adorable. <laughs> he is adorable, though. I like Paul Rudd. Would you? No. <laughs> Him, anyway. Uh, do I have any more things to say about Ant-Man? I don't know. I don't think I do. I think the villain was a little bit 
meh, but could have been any old guy. And also there was a really weird, this is a mild spoiler, a really weird attitude towards killing people in this movie. Like there's a scene where the villain tries to test his shrinky shrink ray thing on a dude in a bathroom and he just turns him into a pile of goo and just wipes him up and like flushes him down the bog or puts him in the bin or something. And nobody mentions that man again in the movie. There's not even like one person that goes, hey, have you seen Bill or whatever his name was? I thought it was really blase. Like you've just yeah, but this film didn't take place over dude. three years. It's like a couple of days. True, I suppose. But he hadn't turned up for work, Rich, because he was goop. I don't. Know I'd that. like to think people would know. notice if I didn't turn up to work because I've been turned into goop. Yeah, but yeah. you don't work for a faceless corporation that's got seven million workers. That's true. I don't. Anyway. Anyway, Ant Man. How many stars out of seventeen? <laughs> um, no, I'm not doing that. That that no. I'd give it five out of five. Oh, it's like four and a half. It's not five. No, yeah, it's no, you're right, it's not five. I'd give it four and a half. Marvel films, Iron Man 3 is a five. Nothing else is. See, I think Winter Soldier's pretty close. No. Anyway. (laughs) Your turn. Um, I was going to say, have you got any more films? We might as well group the films together. Okay, I've I've got 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 one film. film. What's that? We went to see Inside Out. Oh, we did. Which is a Pixar movie that really threw me, but in a good way. I saw the trailers. There There were only a couple of trailers and they were quite small if I remember rightly and it seemed like it was going to be a film about oh look inside people's heads and see what their actual thoughts are isn't that an interesting like prospect and it is that's why I went to see the film and it turns out it's actually a much bigger look at sort of mental health and growing up and it's a lot deeper than I was expecting from a Pixar movie it seems to also slightly be about the death of your childhood Yes. Yeah, Once you realise that you will be sad and you, it's okay. It's almost a bit of a loss of innocence. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a it's a weird one. Um, <laughs> I came out of it feeling very much it's like very I enjoyed funny, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's really funny. There's some cracking bit. I don't really want to go too much into it because I don't want to spoil no, certain bits and bobs. But I think one thing I have to draw attention to is the voice acting in it was fantastic because um, Amy Poehler was. Yeah. So you say her name? I just had a sudden bit of doubt. She was the Joy. character of Joy, and she she is a very overexcitable person, from what I can tell. Um, so she was like a perfect choice. Yeah, there are elements of um, what's her face? Leslie Knope. Leslie Knope in yeah, that character, definitely. Um, but I think my favourite one was probably Louis Black as Anger because. Well, that was just straightforward, though, wasn't it? If you need someone to play Anger, you pick <laughs> Louis Black, and he doesn't even do a slightly different voice. No, but it's wonderful. It's so perfect. And then what's his chops as fear was great. Bill Hayes. There you go. His name popped out of my head for a minute. No, no, it helps that I like all the casting and other things as well. Because Mindy Kaling plays disgust quite well mm-hmm. in everything she's in anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. And, and she had an amazing. I dress. cannot remember her surname, but she plays Phyllis in the Office, and she's also called Phyllis in real life. Oh who yeah. Plays sadness. She's got the perfect voice for it. Yeah. I can't remember her name either. No, it's Phyllis it. something. And Butts. there's a character you meet later on who I won't spoil, but he's played by Richard Kind, and Richard Kind should do voices in every film. I yeah, he's watch. got a wonderful voice. And then there's the obligatory um, small voice appearance of John Ratzenberger, which is always welcome. He was at London Film and Comic Con when I was there, but his cue was always too long for me to pounce on him. Should I also probably the dog would have been too scared to pounce on him. I can't think of one else. You've got nothing of him. You say, oh, yeah, I've got a play for it, haven't you? Yeah. I thought Slinky was your only Toy Story toy, then. No, I've got a Buzz as well. And a Woody. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, Inside Out. Good film. Good film. The only thing I will say is a bit weird is that a lot of the reviews I saw of it beforehand were saying that, oh, if you're a dad, this movie will kick you right in the bollocks. I don't 
I don't see how it skews towards fathers. I think it skews towards parents in general. No, I think it does skew because it's the father's fault and it's written by a lot of men who had to move to Los Angeles and move their families and daughters because of this. <laughs> I suppose. I don't know, just to me it just felt like a, a bit of a parents in general might get mm. a bit of a kick in the sad. But neither of us are fathers. That's true. I'm not even a man, so... <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good film. And... uh Michael Giacchino. That's how I'm going to guess you say his surname. Giacchino? No, it's got an O at the end, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I like the end. Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Some bloke. It's what you meant notes for. Yeah, some bloke done a soundtrack for it. And um, even though it's very repetitive in terms of its theme, it's a really good soundtrack, especially if you like doing things at work and squirrelling. Is that a weird thing to say? No. Um, yeah, this film's really clever and imaginative and didn't go at all where I thought it was going to go, so I'm like, Six thumbs yeah, up. It avoids some certain Pixar problems as well, like having a really, really shit villain. Yes. It's got no motives. This really doesn't have one. Yeah, because we've had this discussion before, but not on a podcast, about Up, in the sense that I can understand why a lot of people love the movie Up, but only up until the point when the villain comes in, because then it's but just... when he comes in, he's all right. It's when you realise what is evil, and yeah. it makes no sense. And, and he's he just really an old boring. man willing to murder another old man and, and a, a small boy over a bird, and it's just... I mean, what the fuck? Like, that that guy's mental. So you're right, it did... I suppose, yeah, there wasn't really a villain at all in this. And that was nice. Really, the, the, the antagonist the is the child And the kid had both the parents. This is true. That's a Disney trait more than a Pixar. Right? <laughs> That's true. Even in Up, he had his parents. He was just... They were just shit. Mm. This is true. Yeah, inside Out, three bagels. Out of... Two. Oh, that doesn't make a... any sense. This race rating system no. of the day is it's nonsense. It's gone bananas. I love it. Rolling on. Rich nerd. Cool. Read some... We're doing... Sorry, we're just doing really good with timing. We'll get loads of things. I've read some comics. I read some comics too. I read the first issue of The Beauty. I read that too. Which is by Image Comics, written by Jeremy Horn and Jason A. Hurley, and art by Jeremy Horn. Is it Horn? Horn? Well, I don't Horn. know if it's... I, I, for some reason, I read it as Hone. Hound, but that doesn't seem H-A-U-N, right H-A-U-N, either. if you don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, premise is there's a new sexually transmitted disease called beauty, which makes you beautiful. Really, that's it? Yeah. The beginning of the book, this has been around a while. There are people who are all over it going, yeah, I'd love to be beautiful. And then some people are like, boo, anti-beauty kind of thing. And then in the first like, three pages, a woman just sets on fire internally on a yeah, train. Yeah, just combusts. And so the police are like, oh, she had the beauty. Um, I wonder what's going on here. It was all right. It was. It, it reminds me of, I had a brief conversation with Phil Thomas, formerly of this parish, about <laughs> this exact um, thing. It, to me, it's like revival with a different disease. See, I haven't read much of revival. When in revival, people just come back to life in this little town and no one knows why. And they seem to exhibit different symptoms as it goes on. And this has been going there for several years, so there's a lot more happened. But it seems to me like that. It's, oh, what's this disease about? Oh, something weird's happened to this one person. Let's all be a bit wary. And they're both by image, which doesn't help. And I read an issue of Revival right before I read the first issue <laughs> of Beauty. Yeah. But it's intriguing. Yes. And I would definitely, definitely tell people to check it out. I, like, and I really like the art. I love the art. I was just about to say, I really like the art in it a lot. It's, um, I don't know why, but it's come to, it, it, to me, it seems like image art, even though image doesn't really have a yeah. specific kind of... I think it attracts or intentionally employs certain types of artists. I think it's, yeah, it's very, um, 
it's not your average like Marvel DC like no. standard comic art. Which is it's good. yeah. And I like the fact that the people who are who are obviously have the beauty in it. They don't make like an effort to, I don't know, give them a wafty golden aura or something. Some people might just be pretty and you yeah. can't really tell. <laughs> um, there is a way of telling. I think there's people get a bit upset yeah. about it occasionally. I um, also don't, I don't know if it's an artistic choice or if it's supposed to be in universe as it were, but you can blatantly tell when people have got the disease. They are highlighted. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Because I quite liked the fact that I didn't know. Because yeah, when there's one. two cops investigating and the female one has got it, she's drew slightly differently with like I'm a have to go back and different colouring. Unless I really imagine that, yeah. or was like I'm going to have to go had back dodgy eyes at the time. Because I only twigged that she had it when she got all upset that it might have been the beauty that set this bird on fire. <laughs> she was like, "Oh shit, I have this." I mean, that is the implication at the moment. Yeah, but that's I think but that's a, a red herring. Yeah. <laughs> that seems too obvious, and then it could be resolved far too quickly. And also, um, spoiler warning for the end of the issue, so if you've read it, listen. I saw that coming a mile off, that yeah, that policeman was going to go out and fuck his wife and get the and beauty. Get it, yeah. yeah, it was... That Which was means... But it either means life. that his wife's a whore or he's fucking his partner. Do you not think his wife could have it? Yeah. Because she was really fit. <laughs> no, but he would have knew that beforehand. I suppose. I think the point yeah. is, she's either just contracted it or he's doing his partner who has it. Or maybe he got it off the train because of the combustion fumes. Sure. I don't know. I don't know how this disease works. Nobody does. I don't know. <laughs> um, I like the concept of it quite a lot. Yeah. The, the I thing I would feeling it might go on for a hundred issues and really yeah. peter out. Yeah. The thing I'd like to see more of is the anti-beauty stuff because I can't imagine why you would be anti-beauty unless you're a person who's not getting much sex. I think this is a thing that happens in Image Comics now. They don't pull everything in one issue, and I like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I like it too. They could have easily had half of it. Well, that's like, what gets you to read issue two, isn't it? But it also makes stories just pace better mm. instead of ramming everything in. There's like problems with some companies where they stretch a story over like 20 issues for no reason, and then mm. some try and put everything into one issue. And the image don't. Yeah. Books I read don't. That's true. So I would recommend it. Pick I it up, people. Too. Unless you don't read comics, then. Well, maybe better, pick it up, perhaps. Probably better ones you could start with, like Saga. That's true, actually. I wouldn't give it as a starting, a breaking into comics comic. I don't know why. Like, it's not like it's... No, I don't, it need more issues for me to give it that yeah. level of thumbs up. Yeah. I did like it quite a lot, though. So I am I I'm along for the ride, I think. I'll give that, like, six out of 24 fish fingers. That's not a good recommendation. It's not, is it? I'll give it 17 out of 24. What about 17 out of 24? Right. That's a good... I, I don't know. I've, these ratings confuse me. What else have you been reading, Stacey? I read... Hey, I read an issue of Transformers More Than Meets the Eye the other day. That, um, Is it like issue 52 of 915? Uh, no, it's issue 43 of I Don't Know How Many. This is you getting into Transformers this comics. Is me, well, I've been getting into Transformers comics since last year's auto-assembly, so that means I've read about 20. Um, <laughs> Um, is that the stuff the main series is there? Like robots I've been, yeah, I've been reading the main the series ongoing. and I've been reading the Windblade. I've not read that thing. yet. I'm way behind on Transformers. I like Windblade a lot. But anyway, oh, do you not want me to spoil this? No, 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 okay. okay, fair enough. <laughs> it two years for I catch up. This issue was so completely weird that I absolutely loved it, but I can see a lot of people straight up hating it. It sort of starts off with um, the crew of the Lost Light, which is this spaceship that they've been roaming around doing stuff on for the last 42 issues are a bit bamboozled because the planet Earth seems to be chasing them through space. So they try and think, fuck it, we'll fly towards it and see what happens. And it 
it backs away. And that's when they realise, oh, somebody's actually projecting this, it's not a real planet, because it's staying exactly however many million miles away from them or something. Uh, and they, they soon figure out that uh, Swerve is dying, and for some reason, because he's dying, he's just gone bananas, and he's projecting an entire planet Earth that is populated with holographic versions, human versions of himself uh, and other people and they need to go to this holographic earth with their holographic human versions of themselves to try and find him, figure out where he's injured and fix him. Okay. It's so weird. This whole planet is based off of sitcoms because apparently Swerve loves them. This is Transformers. Yeah, it's bloody mental. I loved it. They're, basically, it was just a bunch of like really extravagantly dressed people who looked a little bit like on the theme of certain Transformers, wandering around sitcoms trying to find the human version of Swerve to go, where are you injured, mate? Were these real sitcoms? Were they all parallel? Yeah, like, they were like living sitcoms. in a friend's apartment okay. and stuff like that. It was really funny. Like, But really like... If this was your first Transformers comic, you'd be so fucking bamboozled. Uh, and it turns out he'd just got an infection in his shoulder. <laughs> Standard. <laughs> Honestly, it was the, like one of the best Transformers comics I've read lately. And I think it's because a lot of the ones I've been reading have been like really bogged down in like Cybertronian politics and, you know, what, like the aftermath of the war. And all, yeah, it's all very like building bridges with Cabinus and sending delegates and yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of words arguing about taxation laws yeah pretty much and space bridges um <laughs> so it was quite nice to read an issue of a, tra a transformers comic that was just like funny and okay. a bit silly um, and the human version of swerve looks like a shorter hairier version of you which i quite liked hairier like he had a he had about as much beard as you but he had longer hair like like you when i'm like back in 20 10 or something. I don't know. When did we meet? What, at what stage was your hair long? <laughs> at what stage of our relationship was your hair long? Very early on. Okay. 2010 was when we... Around about 2007, I'll say then. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he was wearing a Greendale t-shirt, which I quite appreciate. Greendale? Yes. Okay. I didn't so, know I said Greendale then. No, Greendale. Somebody actually, I went to auto assembly this year, which was the last one, which is a bit of a shame, which was yesterday? No, Saturday? No, Saturday. Monday, two days yeah. ago. And there was a dude there dressed as human version of Swerve. Okay. He was very excitable. That's not really a costume, is it? No, because he, he obviously had, like, that was obviously his own hair and beard. Like, it was, <laughs> he'd put on a t-shirt, basically, and got excited. I'd, um, I'd dressed as Scott Pilgrim, though. That's true. I'd <laughs> put on I a plum tree t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you shaved your beard off as well. This is true. So, you know. Yeah. But that, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a nice, just, like, one-off weedy issue, especially because there's been a lot of stuff going on on the Lost Light with a lot of people getting moided and shit. <laughs> It's just nice to. Does have this seem to get a new story arc, or is it just? I don't know really, because it just sort of ended with them like, all right, then let's fix his shoulder. Okay. Um, so I don't know where it's going after this, but I know it's still going. Some at Auto Assembly they were talking about in one of the panels they were talking about the plans for issue fifty. So yeah. Oh yeah, I don't think there's any sign of ending. I was no. wondering if it's going to be new, like a jumping on point, which mm. I think some books like that need. Yeah. Because you don't want to invest in like all of them. And then they'll fail. Yeah. Whereas if you can jump on and go, oh, I like this, then you might start catching up with people. This well, is I think true. It's a problem I have with like G.I. Joe comics as well. You just, mm. Where do you start? If you start at the beginning, there's a long way to go. Yeah. It's a Laura Lully comics. I have been reading some new books from Archie Comics in it. 
Oh, I've been reading some books from Archie um, Comics. Well, one book. So I read the first two issues of Archie by Mark Wade and Fiona Staples, and it doesn't really matter what the story is or what's going on if Fiona Staples is doing your art. I did not know it was her, and now I feel silly because I didn't bother <laughs> looking at this. Damn it. Um, so I sent the cover of the cover, the cover for number two is fucking phenomenal. But um, yeah, it's a reboot of Archie, the first reboot it's ever had in comic form, really, for the ongoing. And it's been, it was going for, what, 50 years, maybe, 60 years? Um, so yeah, it's updated. It's in the now. A little bit more like a... It's a living in the now. <laughs> it is. Let's get with the net. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's updated, but not too much outside of... Um, it's sort of its comfort zone. It's still very, it's very like safe. So, mm-hmm. You know, nothing particularly it... edgy. It's not like an edgy reboot, which would be just fucking annoying, or a dark reboot. But it's, yeah. it's realistic, and um, it's like the first issue starts off with Archie and Betty have just broke up due to something called the lipstick incident, which you don't know about yet. Oh, okay. And there's like hints. What could that possibly be? But they're still hung up about it. Um, you've just been introduced to Jughead. There's hints that the Archies will form soon, and Veronica has just appeared. And that's it. I really enjoy it. It's another slow-paced thing, in the sense that it's not trying to hit you with 3,000 characters at once. But it's, you know, I like Mark Wade anyway. I feel like I should look at this. I've sort of stayed away from Archie stuff, because I think I read an Archie comic like a billion years ago, and got really, not annoyed, but like I just couldn't deal with all the, like, Whatever year it was, whatever era it was, slang that like that just. But they kept even they even used that when just... it was like a new comic that came out last month. Yeah, like I, I can't get behind. Like I mean, I know I use a lot of stupid words that nobody uses anymore, like jolly spiffing and things. But this was just like so in your face, completely out of my wheelhouse of knowledge of words <laughs> and Good life. One. And but that's why I think this works because it's it's realistic now, but mm. not. As I said, not an edgy or gritty or dark, really. Not just, in an just EastEnders an actual, kind of way. No. <laughs> just actually these kids with their problems. The problems aren't that bad. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. So is this... If it's a reboot, does this get rid of all the stuff... Not get rid of. I know you can still read past stuff, obviously. But, like, so is this, like, shiny and new? There's no choosing between Betty and Veronica, like... No, because Archie's not met Veronica yet. Okay. She's... I, can't remember exactly. I don't know if she's just moving to town or she's already moved to town, but people know she's coming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it's it's starting again. Okay. I might have to steal it. I'd recommend it. There's a lot of good covers. I think there's a new artist coming on from issue five, but I'm not entirely sure if I've made that up or not, so I will just check. You feel better now? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't say who it is. Oh, good one. <laughs> well done, Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, there you go. Fiona Staples doing the art from one to three, and then Annie Wu is doing it from number Ooh, four. Oh, I like her. And then Veronica Fish from five onwards. I don't know who that is. You can't click on a name on this, so I don't know. Oh. But there you go. Okay. Archie, number one, number two. Check it out. Good stuff. Kids. <laughs> Am okay. I cool? Yes. Yeah, thanks. Have you also been reading... The Chilling Adventures of You know I have, because you can read it on my notes in front of me. I can't see through my microphone. Oh, there you go. Because I read the first three and then went, nah. Really? And stopped. Yeah, I hate it. Why? I don't know. It's, well, partly because I never read the original Sabrina stuff, so I've got no concept of the character. You don't need to. Outside of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the TV show. That's what it was like. Yeah. But this is, like, all dark and horrible and things, and I don't like it. It's a spin-off. There's a comic called Archie Horror, which is, like, a... 
EC Comics retelling of Archie stories. Mm-hmm. And there was a backup story of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which people were like, that's fucking awesome. So they've done a comic of it. I really liked it. It's fucking messed up. Yeah. And the art is very 60s style. Yeah. And it's not like, like we were just discussing Archie with its modern day river. It's set in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And she's an actual witch who, when she comes of age, is told, no, you have to be a fucking witch now, you know. And people like get murdered and the sacrifices a weird witch following her who has like snakes coming out of her eyes. And... Yeah, she's a weird one. Yeah. Is, that, really the, like is that the one who's the substitute teacher? Yeah. Yeah, she's weird. <laughs> Creepy. I don't know. I just. I mean, I didn't even really like the TV show of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but reading this was just so far from what I you think. You don't need of. to like it. No, I know. But what I'm saying is. Even though I didn't like that, I still feel a little bit precious about it, and I didn't like the fact that this was all like creepy and horrendous. Would you like it if there's an issue where someone is singing funky song? Yes, especially if they keep in the word funny. Which they later cut out on Nickelodeon in the UK. That was weird, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, you leave it in. Don't don't cut it out later. It makes it seem like something was wrong about it. I really like it. It's not something I would say. Oh, it's my favourite comic. But there's so few comics I like now. <laughs> I'm quite happy to read this. Oh. Um, no, but Secret Wars can fuck off. Oh, yeah, that The can new die. DC universe is terrible, <laughs> apart from, like, two comics. Aside from Constantine so, um, and... Uh, no, DC is Harley Quinn and... What's the Batman one where he's still Batman? And it's not fucking some policeman in a rabbit outfit. <laughs> it's not some policeman, it's Commissioner. No, it's not, because look at him. It's a young bloke with short, a fucking buzz cut. And no moustache or glasses? That is not Commissioner Gordon. No, did Whoever he get his that... eyes lasered? Oh, fucking Did he no. get his eyes lasered? <laughs> Terrible. So, DC and Marvel, I'm reading about four comics in total, right? and we're usually like, Ooh. what, 60 in a month? Wow. That's a big cut, dude. <laughs> so, stuff like The Adventure of Sabrina is a great change. Okay. I, I can accept. Literally, yeah. There's two DC books I read, Harley Quinn and... Whichever that Batman one is. Batman one. And I pro- I'll still read Justice League at the moment. And then in Marvel, there is Howard the Duck. Yes, that's good. Squirrel Girl. Daredevil? Um, Daredevil and Miss Marvel. That's a Laura Laura cut down of yeah, comics. Because they're shit. The... <laughs> they're just fucking shit. This, this and, secret and Marvel wars... release four issues of every comic every day. <laughs> like, and DC, they've done this thing of, there's no continuity now, so as long as the stories are good, it doesn't matter. But then instead, but of, instead of, no, there isn't. That's why there's, no, that's why there's a book where Bruce Wayne is an amnesiac who never remembers being Batman, and one where he's just Batman. Oh, Literally, yeah. they, 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 they've said there's no continuity, but what they should have done with that is, had a line that is obvious, this is our main continuity, yeah. and then these are our parallel universe books. Yeah. Or yeah, whatever. Cause like I... Elseworlds used to make it obvious, but they were big departures. But then even stuff like Long Halloween, that yeah. they were obvious that they weren't the ongoings. If you have ongoing books that aren't specified as not being in the main continuity, how the fuck do you know what's going on? There's a Justice League book where Superman is still Superman. In Superman, he's got no powers and he wonders around in his jeans. Yeah, I was going to say, he hasn't in action comics either. He's, he's, well, he hasn't not got powers, he's got less powers. No, he's got none he's at shitter. one point. Like, well, literally, no, he's still really strong. bloke. Oh. It's seeing action comics, he hasn't got many powers, but he's still at least quite strong. But he will bleed. It's just I like Nonsense, Midnighter. nonsense, non Midnighter's alright. I like Midnighter it, quite it a lot. Because it stands on its and own. It's, yeah, it's very, it's not even remotely related to anything. Same with Constantine, that doesn't really have Constantine. any to anything. Yeah. I like Constantine it. Held, Don Constantine Hellblazer, whatever it's actually called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am still annoyed, though, at the fact that we don't have 
uh, like Hellblazer comic, like like a proper Vertigo, like a Vertigo style. One. Because I was under the impression that they were trying to like get rid of Vertigo as a thing, but then they keep bringing Vertigo more Vertigo oh, no, comics no, out. They were, so... they were trying to get rid of Vertigo as a universe that adds superhero style books because the second that they had twenty years ago, nearly um, probably more than that, actually, the, the Justice League appeared in Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And then once Hellblazer appeared or something, all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, these has to all be a one universe. And it took them years to decide to do it, but they did it. Whereas the Vertigo books now are stuff that is nothing to do with superhero universe. They're all on their own. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've read any Vertigo books either. Has Fables finished yet? I've given up on that well before, and I oh, think really? it has. I haven't read the last issue yet, then, I don't think. But I don't think I read any Vertigo stuff. Oh, no, that's a lie. I read American Vampire. That's Vertigo, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like that either. Oh, I do. Mostly for the artwork, though. I actually yeah, don't really care good. about the story. <laughs> That's not what a reason a to read a book, though. thing to say, but anyway, so you enjoyed Sabrina. So I like, I like the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And I was reading the, the weird Archie one, off, so like Archie versus Predator and Archie versus Sharknado. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read those. <laughs> well, I tried to read Archie versus Sharknado, but I realised I hate Sharknado. <laughs> and not in like a, oh, it's so terrible, but it's really funny. Just in a straight of like, what am I doing to myself watching these movies kind of thing. I think the, the, the third one actually made it seem like a proper film. Like they were trying to make a they proper film. They were trying film. to make a proper film. And it was trash. It's so trash. Like, I can't even cope with how really bad it is. Yeah, bollocks Like, just really bad. I think I've farted better movies than that. <laughs> but anyway, um, Sabrina. But yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah, check it out. See any cheap ones or cheap trades? Steve Brawl. Check it out, yep. Dr. Steve Brawl. <laughs> um, Dringers. Um, I haven't got any more comics on my list. Okay. Um, so if you have... Maybe. No, but I've got TV stuff. Me too. Okay. My elbow hurts. What did you want to talk about first? Whatever. No, let's. You, you're the guest. You oh, choose. Dear. Okay. Pick a thing. Um, yeah, I started watching a show called Documentary Now, created by Bill Hader and Fred Armisen and Seth Meyers, which is a six-episode series. Oh, only six. Which Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, Seth Meyers, they haven't got a lot of time. And look how in-depth they were. Anyway, yeah, each episode is a parody of... Well, the setup is it's a show that's supposed to have been running for 50 seasons. Mm-hmm. And each episode is a documentary, an acclaimed documentary. But in reality, they're all parodies of existing documentaries. Um, and the first one was called Sandy Passage, which is already <laughs> hilarious. Um, which is a parody of a 70s documentary called Grey Gardens, which literally just depicted the everyday lives of two recluse, upper class, formerly upper class women, mother and daughter, who were both called Edith Beale. I really want to watch it now. Whereas in, they're both called Vivian in, Vivian, in Sandy yeah. Passage. <laughs> um, Isn't it Big Vivian, Little Vivian or yeah, something like in, that? Yeah, in, in Grey Gardens they're called Big Edie and Little Edie. And they live in a derelict mansion which is infested with raccoons and cats. And there's no running water. Stop feeding it! Yeah, and there is one awesome moment in the documentary now version where she's complaining about a raccoon and the daughter's like, stop feeding it. She's like, I'm not, but she tries to get rid of it by throwing chips at it. <laughs> Um, Who do you think you are? It's crisps. <laughs> <laughs> but they, the, the thing I loved about the first episode was the first two-thirds of it are very much like them just recreating what happened just to show the absurdity of it. It but, was Because absurd. in the original documentary, they don't realise there's anything wrong with the way they live. They do not realise that the world has changed. Mm-hmm. And there's bits in the original where, like, the cameramen are wandering to frame, all just start talking, which is what you wouldn't normally get in a documentary, and they keep all of that in. And I don't think that would be for everyone, this this episode. Yeah. A lot of people be like, this isn't funny. I'm not entirely sure why I'm watching this anymore. And By I'm, the end. What I like 
What I like a lot is Fred Armisen and Bill Hader don't play women like it's men dressed up as women. Mm-hmm. They just play the characters in, with the absurdity that they see the characters in. And there's like really off-putting bits yep. where you just sit there, I don't want to be dealing with these people. Um, but then the ending is possibly the best thing we've ever seen on TV. <laughs> I'm not going to say why or no. even how or even hint at the direction it goes in, but holy fuck. <laughs> it was... Yeah, I, I, I did a Stace 180 on it because I was watching it thinking, this is kind of funny. Yeah, and when this he was doing, like, Bill Hader was doing some awkward dancing and he fell yeah. through a ceiling. Or when uh, Fred Armisen was singing Pitter Pan. Yeah. And, and, like, it was it was really, like, bizarre, but, like, And when he's like, just there mixing funny. a jug of gin and tonic, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it was a fishbowl. Yeah. And then <laughs> to feed the cats by throwing bologna at a fridge, you know, stuff like that is quite it's funny, funny, but not brilliant. But, oh, yeah, I was expecting loads, but by the end I was just like, oh, no, sold, like... Yeah. Stand innovation. What is this? Yeah, I would recommend it too. If I, I find it difficult to entirely recommend to everyone because I think a lot of people won't get through it. Yeah, even I think it's only twenty five. I think minutes. a lot of people will either really dislike the first half because they'll think it's a bit boring, yeah. or they'll really dislike where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of those things could be put into people. Yeah. But if you're anything like us, pair, which is a bit weird and a bit dark and a bit. And I, I think the ending is one of the greatest examples of television doing the genre it ends up in that you will ever see. Yeah, it's fantastic. The second episode, <laughs> which was a parody of voice-style documentaries, it's in essence these hipster people. Drones. Who, drones with a Z. With a Z. <laughs> they go to South America or Mexico even to um, like find this drug lord and they all think... El Chino. There's a lot of obvious jokes about hipsters and yeah. them being out of their depth and them being stupid. And it's more broad, I think, mm-hmm. than the first one. It's it's not parodying one thing in particular and it's got Jack Black in it. Yeah. Um, I think it's more conventionally funny yes. than the first. This would have been interesting if that was the first episode and more people have gone, oh, what's this stupid show? And then, <laughs> then it was the second one. Holy shit. <laughs> but there were still a couple of moments where you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Which they keep up. And, it's very clever. Yeah. And Armisen and Hayda are good quality. I, I, I would recommend it. If you love Bill Hader and you like... It's on IFC in America, and if you like all the IFC shows like Comedy Bang Bang or um, what was that other one? I mean, like Garfunkel Notes, which is only on yes. for one series or another period, I would definitely recommend this. I concur. I think it is also very good. Four thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, you didn't do it. No, because I've only got two. Yeah, but together, we'd have been no, four. That's still two, because you have to divide it by two. So what, what other stuff have you got? I was going to talk a little bit about the absolute garbage that is the Scream TV show. That we can't stop watching it. But we won't stop watching it. Why won't we stop watching it? Why are we doing it to ourselves? we need to know who the killer is. So here's the thing, right. In I think it's in the very first... There's a character in this called Noah who's meta. Yeah. He is a big serial killer buff. He loves horror movies. He I loves really all the horror genre. The metaness. Yeah. Um, and I think it's in the first episode, he makes a comment about how, oh, there could never be a slasher TV show because once the first killer's happened, there has to be blood like all the feckin' time or no one cares. And he's so completely right. Yeah. This show does not have enough depth. But, but he then follows it up with, you need to make them care about the characters like Friday Night Lights. Mm. Then proceed to follow it up by not making you care about the characters. And not killing enough yeah, people. Yeah, and not having anything <laughs> like the, the characterizations or depth of Friday Night Lights. Yeah, there's, there's, it's basically It's aired on MTV, so yeah. we should have knew better. It's like a bunch of unlikable people being irritating teenagers and waiting for them to die it's, is what we're doing. It's screamed for the cyberbullying generation. Yes. Is what it is. There's a lot of 
text message bullying. There's a lot of people having videos put up on YouTube. There's, yeah, there's a lot of There's a lot of um, and then that, that it's funny. Oh, there's a killer in the town, and he was disabled, a bit Mike Myers, Michael yeah. Myers style. There's a Not Mike the, Myers, Jason Voorhees. I tell you Michael what, Michael Myers is disabled, I suppose. Anyway, I tell you what, I don't like, it's and a I don't pedophilia. know why. Uh, well, yeah, but that wasn't what I was going to say, and now I feel bad about the thing that I apparently dislike more than paedophilia, which is that woman who does a podcast. Oh, on... yeah. So so there's a woman who Everyone appears tells in the town who does a podcast about crimes and stuff. So because she's been hearing about these moiders, she goes to the town and starts like interviewing kids, and I just think, hey, who the... what the fuck? Like, how are the police not shutting down that shit immediately? Because that's crazy that somebody should have access to like witnesses or friends of victims and all this palaver um and also she just like keeps befriending all the kids which is creepy like also, pack it her, up yeah they tell her everything and then within the hour of the podcast out everyone's listened to it and she never goes to the cops with the information that she the cops who am i she never goes to the police with any of the information that she's got until it's like someone's already dead i will say though a couple of the deaths have been pretty cool yeah the, you know, the minimal deaths that have occurred. And, and they stick with the theme of killing off one of the most famous people in it in the first scene of the film, the show. Was she famous? Bella Thorne is very famous in that generation. Oh, I was going to have no idea. She's off like... Oh, no, I'm old. No, yeah, oh. but she's off a lot of like <laughs> Disney-type shows that people are her age. She's oh, like, like 17. victorious and stuff like that, but not like... Something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do I even know that name? She's like 17, but looks 34. Yeah, kind of this person. is a really weird show, and I don't. I don't know mean if, that in a bad way. By uh, the way. I don't know if uh, there must be something about it I like, because I could easily find out who the killer is without watching the rest of it by looking on Wikipedia in yeah. a few weeks when it finishes. But I'm not gonna, because for some reason I think it's because some of the deaths have been pretty gross. Yeah, I can't is... tell what series two. No, will there be a series? Yeah, it's been two? Has it already been commissioned. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell! I can't, what would be in series? It might be an entirely different story. Oh, yeah, I suppose it could be. My yeah. big issue, as I just alluded to, was the fact that there's a teacher in this who's fucking one of his students, but no one seems to really care. No, nobody cares, and it doesn't seem they like they find this out is the that he's got time. a secret identity because he used to fuck a student, but they don't care about that. Yeah. And there's a lot of soft porn shots of the supposed high school girls in their underwear. Yeah. And at one point, a video circulates of the main character. Her boyfriend made a sex tape of her losing her virginity, and everyone watches it on the phone when he goes around to them. Yeah, like that's acceptable. Like I'm in a calf watching two children have sex. Like, but there's an odd, I don't know, nonchalant. Yeah, it's <laughs> they, they didn't have to include any of that. No, no, it doesn't help anything. And I know these actors aren't really kids; they're all probably fifty-two. <laughs> I don't think any of them are but, fifty-two. But you know, it's off-putting. Yeah, jeez. There's a couple of decent jump bits as well, yeah. which are very much like, oh, it's a bit quiet in it, and oh, no, it's a rat ran past, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody throwing them, like that kind of <laughs> level of scares. Yeah, it's a weird one, because I am blatantly going to watch the rest of it. I don't know if I like this thing they do with the music as well. I know because it's on MTV, but they have this, this thing in this show where every song that's fairly prominently played, it just pops up at the bottom of the screen, they're playing this song by this band. Like, in the land where most people have Shazam, that seems like a weird thing. Or the internet to just look it up, like... Then it's easy for you, isn't it? I suppose. Seems weird and distracting. Is that odd? No. Fair enough. Scream? Not very many bagels? Zero screams out of six. <laughs> Ooh, zero. That's yeah. a bit harsh. I wouldn't actually recommend it I'd to give anyone. it like a, like, a, like a slightly scared squeak. <laughs> out of It's probably six. better than a show called Scream on MTV should be. 
Yeah. And they can't afford the rights or haven't paid for the rights for the Scream mask either. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, <laughs> the story just is just... blob. It, yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's just a white face. Uh, <laughs> which, yeah, it's a bit weird. I kind of like the fact, though, that they haven't got all the rights and things because I like that the story's a bit different, if that makes yeah, sense. I because I do want the mask, yeah. Yeah, this mask's shit. When all the screen films, apart from the first one, are pretty crap, but that mask makes them good. Yeah, no, no, you mention it. I want. If the you mask had the mask, you'd feel like you were watching Scream. Let's be honest. That's true. Scream. 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 Uh, your turn. I'm watching a new Hulu show called mm. Difficult People, starring Julie Klausner and Billy Eichner and James Urbaniak, which is. They're ridiculously, it's called Difficult People. They are assholes. Julie and Billy play characters <laughs> called Julie and Billy, who are aspiring comedians who just addicts to everyone and just can't work out why they don't get their own way and aren't really famous, yet refuse to change it the way they are. I love it. I mean, I like Julie Closner anyway. Her podcast, Here Was Your Week, is genuinely quite good. And Billy Arkner is always fucking awesome. And in this, he's not a shouter, he's using other things. I don't know if I've seen him. So, if things. you know him from Parks and Recreation, he oh. was in essence the gay one that shouted a lot. And in this, he's the gay one that shouts sometimes, but not as much. But yeah, in the first episode, the first scene, they go to see Annie and they're annoyed that kids are in the audience <laughs> and refuse to stop swearing in front of someone, a stranger's children, for no apparent reason. That's the level of this show. Mm-hmm. There's also a really, really, really off putting joke about um, Beyonce and Jay Z's child. Yeah. Which in the character of Julie tweets and then takes it down because people didn't like it, not because they were offended by it, <laughs> just because she didn't think it was funny enough. Yeah, it's really stupid in a good way. And I like James Abaniak, and he should be in more things. Is he the man with the glasses? Yeah, he plays Julie's boyfriend who works at PBS. Okay. He's also the voice of Doctor Venture, and he's in Review. I've and never seen Doctor Venture. Uh, he plays the Venture Bros. 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 <laughs> um, and he plays a cousin of uh, Dwight in The Office, who comes in for the interview on an episode. And he also plays one of the villains in the first two episodes of Adrian Carter, who works at the Milk Place. <gasps> he does? I didn't realise that was him. But yeah. I, uh, I watched a bit of this programme with you, didn't I? Have I seen all of it with you? You should have. I think there's only three episodes. Oh. I quite like it. It. What? I don't know why. I think it's... Possibly because sometimes you put things on the telly that I've never heard of, so I don't know what to expect. I don't know what I was expecting of this with the title Difficult People, but for some reason I was expecting them to be at least a little bit sympathetic. Yeah, they're like, not at all. Like I, I knew they wouldn't be like 100% likeable because of the nature of the show, but the fact that I think they're both brilliant is possibly saying quite a lot about me. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I think they're both really funny. I think it helps them know that they're, they are aware that no one likes them. It's not like one of these shows where people are dicks and then when stuff goes wrong, they're like, well, that person's an idiot. They just, they think people will accept them and when they don't, they go, oh, well, fucking hell. Mm. It's very, um, it's not oblivious, is what I should say. Yeah. And sometimes I have problems with shows where I don't like any of the characters. In Between Us. In Between Us is definitely one of them. (laughs) But then I like shows like The League and Always Sunny and Difficult People where the characters are arseholes, but... You're not supposed to ever feel... There's no outsiders that you're supposed to be against. You know, whereas I think... It's like the, the whole thing about Homer. Homer would be the worst name in the world, but Ned Flanders would be the greatest. But it's written in such a way that you sympathise with Homer. Mm-hmm. And I think Difficult People's written like that. Yeah. For no reason whatsoever, the strangers getting abused by Julie and Billy. 
But you go, yeah, they deserve it. They are yeah. annoying. How dare their kids be annoying it? And I think if you're someone who's annoyed by the universe in general and people as a whole, you will enjoy the show. So you then. Yes. <laughs> cool. Any other telly shows? I watched the entire series of Wet Hot American Summer First Day of Camp. You did? Eight episodes. It's in essence a four-hour film. In case you don't know, it's a prequel to the 2001 film Wet Hot American Summer, written by David Wayne and Michael Showalter, formerly of various comedy troupes. And it's a prequel because the, the film is the last day of camp. So it's a prequel where of a film where everyone in it was already too old to be a camp counsellor by about 10 years. 14 years later, and they're playing them even younger than they're <laughs> supposed to be. So you've got the ageless Paul Rudd. He looks uh, <laughs> zero different. Like <laughs> Amy Poehler, Showalter himself, um, Michael Ian Black, Bradley Cooper's come back. Um, they're all about 40, playing 15, 16-year-olds. But there's not a nod as to why that'd be wrong. Like, Janine Garofalo looks like an aged elephant in it. <laughs> um, Molly Shannon's in it again. She looks about 94. <laughs> now, I don't really know what cool. has gone wrong with Janine Garofalo's face. It has become like saggy old leather. Yeah, it's terrible. It's sad. But she's still funny in it. Um, <laughs> well, she doesn't need a face to be funny, I guess. <laughs> Everyone from the old cast is back, so if you like the film, that's a good thing. David Wayne is in it this time as a foreign camp counsellor. Jason Schwartzman was added to the cast, and then there's a few recurring roles, which are just fucking phenomenal. Michael Sear is probably the youngest out of everyone in it, and he's, he's supposed so to play adorable. an adult. <laughs> I think he's, he's the only so one in it playing a grown He's ageless as well, but he looks about 12. Yeah, but in, yeah, in a, not a good way. Yeah, Paul Rudd so looks cute. like he's in his 20s. Yeah, he does. I, I've got to say, I watched bits of this with you because I didn't think I'd seen the film, but you assure me I have. Yeah, I watched it twice. And I remember, the only thing I remember about the film is H. John Benjamin being the voice of a tin of vegetables or yeah. fruit or something. Yeah, a tin of vegetables. And not, and not really having a clue what's happening. this is a prequel, you find out why he's a tin of vegetables. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love his voice anyway, though. I would gladly listen to him all fucking day. I can't really cast uh, uh, proper opinions on this though because I don't I don't remember the movie and I didn't watch all the, of the, the movie episodes. Is, um, but what I saw was really funny. The whole thing about the movie is the fact that people think it's going to be stupid comedy mm-hmm. and it really isn't. It's just straight up like homage to camp films and some scenes just exactly like you see in other films. There's also a hell of a lot of Judaism in it for no apparent reason. <laughs> Mostly because they're Jewish who right. wrote it but the joke, it's one you watch it once and you go, I found it funny because I like the people in it. And you watch it again and you realise every scene is funny. Mm. And some of it is ridiculously silly and it goes against what you expect from films. Like, um, there's two characters in it who you find out halfway through the film are gay. And there's like a couple of homophobic jocks who are like, then you realise they're not homophobic in the slightest. You've expected that of them because that's what you would normally get out of a film. And then, um, you do a play at the end of the movie in a Jewish holiday camp which is about the Jews killing Christ. So it gets booed off the stage. <laughs> of course it does. But, you know, it's, normally they go, oh, these kids are going to put on a show and everyone will love it. No, they all fucking hated it. And that, that level of humour carries on to the to the show. But I think the show is more obvious comedy mm. because they already had the, the groundwork set and you knew the characters. You've got the... Every joke is over the top, mm-hmm. which I like. And Now, Paul Rudd is like the, the cool guy who doesn't want a girlfriend, but he does want a girlfriend and... And in the in the TV show, you have the preppy blokes from the opposite camp. And if you like the film, definitely, definitely, definitely watch the show. It's a four-hour film, that episode. If you wanted to watch both, would you recommend watching them chronological release order? Or... Yeah, watch the film first. Don't okay. don't try and watch them chronologically. 
there are jokes in the TV show that infinitely make more sense if you've seen the film. Okay, like the tin of vegetables. Yes, and the fact that you already know who <laughs> the characters roughly are, mm-hmm. here they know each other and here they would interact. Fair enough. And I Ken Marino's in it. The, I do like Ken Marino. And Trudy, yeah. I love him. And um, the other black that you like from that thing. Good talk. Yeah. You got another David one? David Pierce is in it. He's really good in it. Was that the guy you were thinking of? Or? No, but David Hyde Pierce is in it. really good in it. Um, lots of people doing it. So intrigued. Who are you thinking of as a dude I like from something? Because I don't remember anyone ever, usually. <laughs> that, that bloke with his face. Paul Shee's in it. Jordan Peele's in it. Elizabeth yep. Banks is in the film and the TV show. John Hamm's in the TV show. John Hamm should be in everything. He's amazing. Someone said John Hamm was going to be cast as Negan. I heard this. I hope it's not true. I... I don't want Negan in the TV show because I think he's a terrible character. Yeah. If they were going to have him, John Hammond do. But Negan should be so handsome and dashing. Oh yeah, I suppose. But maybe they'd like because instantly they'd want him to kill Rick. Him up a bit. Who would you want to leave, Andrew Lincoln or John Ham? I still want Negan to kill Rick. <laughs> I still want him to. In the books, that's fair enough. Yeah. Oh my god, the books are so pants now. I don't know why I'm still I reading. Know, I, I can't stop. <laughs> Someone help me. I read the the latest issue of the other day and got to the end of it, and I was like, "Well, absolutely, fucking Fanny, all happened in that." Because, like, okay, spoilers. End of the last issue. Those people who were wearing skin as a thing killed twelve people from Rick's camp and stuck their heads on a pike to mark a border between the two areas. This issue was basically a bunch of people going, "Rick, what are we going to do about this, Rick? Hey." Eh? You bastard. Let's bury these heads. Also, what are we going to do about this? Where are the bodies? Also, though, Rick, what are you going to do about this? And my head fell off. Isn't that every issue so of the book ever? fucking bored. I think it is. I don't know why I'm still, like... We're like a hundred and something key issues in, and I don't care, but I can't stop. It's like crack cocaine. I can't... It's too... When's it going to end, Robert Kirkman? Just, I, I'm not Robert Kirkman. I know you're Sorry. not. I'm just asking in general. Did I say I was? Robert Kirkman, if you're listening, when's it going to stop? Please say soon. Love from me. But yeah, John Hamm's good, isn't he? He is, uh, he is good. I also he? watched the making of Wet Hot American Summer, which is now on Netflix as well, which just come out. Yeah, and yeah, it's all right if you like that thing. <laughs> which one of these documentaries that's not really in, in got a lot of insight? It's We took it's a, a lot, lot of footage about. of them backstage and look at this, isn't yeah. it funny? And there's a lot of bits of them just laughing at each other. And if you like the people, like you like the actors, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And it just points out that it rained a lot when they tried to make a film called Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, fair enough. That's mostly it. So watch it all on your Paul Rudd weekends that everyone has. I assume everyone has a Paul Rudd we weekend. We should have a Paul Rudd weekend. Yeah. Invite him round. <laughs> Do you think he'd come? Yeah, we'd have to watch that scene from Mac and Me, though. <laughs> just repeatedly, on a mm. loop. Mac and Me is terrifying. You've never seen it, have you? No, but that one scene... Like, Mac is terrifying. Anyway. He's in a wheelchair. It's a shame. Well, yeah. Is that the point of that film? I don't know. I I literally have only seen that scene because of Paul Rudd. (laughs) People are going to be like, who don't know what we're talking about. Like, what are they? Just Google Paul Rudd on Conan. Yeah, do that. Or YouTube it, even. Yeah. You'll find out what that means. Can you smell weed? It's one of our neighbours smoking. No, not in the slightest. Oh, dear. That's not a sign of a stroke, is it? No, that's burnt toast. Uh, can we talk about Rick and Morty? Can we, can we? You can. Can we? Well, you can too, because no, you also right. watch it. Oh, don't leave it all hanging on me. <laughs> no, don't, uh, don't, I don't need to help you talk about Rick and Morty. No, you really don't. So I've become obsessed with it. Like, like properly obsessed as well. Not like when I joke about saying, oh, I'm pretty obsessed with this TV show. I mean, like, whenever I'm not at work or having a conversation with someone, I'm pretty much thinking about Rick and Morty. 
<laughs> um, series two just started in the America, and uh, I don't know how much spoilers I can do because it's not it's not technically available in the UK. I've been watching it via YouTube, which well, I think it's put up on YouTube officially. Yeah, I was gonna say it says it's an official channel, but people can just put the word official. So no, I don't but really I, I know. know in America. Please don't take it away from in America. YouTube. The first series was put up itself by Adult Swim mm. before it had aired. Stan Harmon's always going, I don't know why this was their idea, but fuck it, it's carrying on. <laughs> if you're in America, you can watch it on Adult Swim. It's on their website for you to look at. Unfortunately, I tried to do that, and it asked me what my service provider was, and none of those were mine because they're all American. Um, so I've been watching it via YouTube, and I'm so in love with it, it's ridiculous. I think I talked about it a couple of episodes ago with John Paul Bovey, and I was going on about Rixty Minutes and how amazing that episode about was. Minutes. I cannot stop saying... I'm Gazorpazorp fucking field, bitch. I'll never stop saying it, even though I'm not Gazorpazorp field. You know? Um, no. You know those fucking enchiladas, but... <laughs> fucking enchiladas. Series two has been so weird, in, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, because I hate when people say things are just weird, because that implies that they're just odd for the sake of odd. And this isn't. This is, like, odd with thought and clever and funny and great. Yeah, it's, um, it's very, 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 very stupid in a very intended, intelligent way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's there's clear thought behind like all of it. There's fart jokes, there's wank jokes, there's very bad taste humour, there's a lot yeah. of people being sick. Sexy time jokes yeah. and gore and there's all sorts. Um, it's incredibly well put together. The thing about that's almost becoming a running theme so far through Series 2, because we've seen four episodes so far, a bit of a... No, we've seen four. Four, oh, yeah. three. Uh, no, the first episode was the Rickling Time with the split yeah. screen. Second one was um, oh. Fart with Jermaine Clement. That's the one where they put Jerry in the Jerry... Height. In the Jerry Crash, yes. yeah. The third one was... The most depressing The most depressing auto-erotic assimilation. We'll get there. And the fourth one was... I can't remember what it's called, but it was the one with the fake yeah, the people. Yeah, fake people. And memories and things. Anyway, so, yeah, this series has, has started doing a thing that um, I kind of like and I kind of hate, which is it's delivering a metric shit ton of funny and then kicking your heart in its metaphorical crotch. The first episode wasn't wasn't so much with the sad, but the second, third, and fourth, they've all had, like, moments in it. The second? Are you wondering about the set? Okay, big spoilers for Morty Nightrun here. When Morty realises that he's made a mistake saving Fart and has to murder him in the face... That's hilarious. No, it is hilarious, but it's also really sad, because it's, it's, it's like, oh. it's... <laughs> he likes the word, it's fine. Yeah, because a lot of people died when they tried to save Fart, but uh, none of that would have happened if if Morty had left well enough alone and let the amazing Andy Daly's assassin character, Crombopulous Michael, I think was his name. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, if if he'd have let him just murder Fart straight off, then none of that would have happened, murder and fart. all of that death. That's my new band name. <laughs> murder Fart. <laughs> Can I be in it and just no. go? No. Occasionally. Just me on my own. One oh, man style. Just farting. Like, get cape wear, cape fly. Just farting fart. on stage. Nice. Um, yeah. So this... I, I'm scared because I don't want them to do it every episode and kind of ruin the emotional impact of the sad. But by the same token, because it's embedded in so much funny, like, I always use Scrubs as an example of this. That program was 95% slapstick, silly jokes, funny times, and then 5% 
you're going to have a cry now because this is fucking sad. Brendan Fraser's dead. Yeah, or like JD's cold shower. Like there are episodes of that program that genuinely almost made me cry because I was expecting the funny, and I got a a whole bunch of a whole mess of sad instead. And um, Rick and Morty has been doing that to me. Episode three. I don't want to spoil it. Do I want to spoil it? No, you don't. I don't want to spoil it. But the end of episode three, the choice of music to the scene that they did. Never have I been happier for a post credit scene in which Rick is just being Rick because I was scared. <laughs> and it was sad and I almost did a cry all three times I watched it. What was the post credit in that? Uh, when he goes to Beta 7 and starts yelling at him to bring Unity out and stop being a turd, basically. The post credits is that one, the first episode of the series when they kill Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks like Rick. <laughs> I'd never put two and two together with Fucking that though. <laughs> but I love the bit when he's like, I will mess with time. <laughs> like, ha ha ha. And he will as well. Yeah, I love it. I, I love it so much. I don't think there's anything I've disliked about any episode. The only thing I will say that I think he's getting a bit tired is they either need to stop Beth and Jerry from arguing every episode about the same fucking thing. Jerry just wants to be loved. I know he does. And he's a door. I love him. Uh, he's adorable. You've like not had a fake affair with Sleepy Jeff? Sleepy Jeff. Is it Jeff? I think it was Jeff. They're, they either need to break up or stop it. Like, like we've seen the same arguments over and over again now. And I think, although I think it's coming to a head a bit with them because of, we're obviously delving more into Beth's abandonment issues with Rick in the later episodes. I feel like it needs to... We need to have a resolution to this argument. We can't have it every episode and just go on forever because no married couple would be married constantly arguing the way that they argue. But it's Rick and Morty. And it's it's so good. I don't want it to ever end. Forever and ever, 100 years, Rick and Morty. It will end. It's a Dan Harmon thing. It'll end a lot sooner than you think because of him. Did we all catch the community joke in episode three? I loved it. Yeah, Rick and Morty. A million thumbs up, even though I've only got two. If I had a million, then we'll be up. if there's unparalleled infinite universes, mm. you'd have over a million thumbs up. You'd have infinite thumbs. So you infinite put, thumbs up. You could put at least a million. Infinite thumbs up. The one thing I will say, and this is a spoiler for series one, so I don't really mind spoiling it so much, is you know how at the end of Rick Potion number nine, when they end up in a different universe because they ruin theirs, <laughs> yeah. and they go to a universe where the Rick and Morty is dead, so they just replace them. Does it ever just hit you sometimes in the middle of an episode? Oh, this isn't really... Their universe. Yeah, like, these aren't I, really their I, parents. I, I don't think that's the only time they've changed universes. Either. Really? Yeah. What would it be? It's Rick. But Morty seems surprised. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't necessarily know. Oh, that might not even be there, Rick. Oh, yeah. you're confusing me now. Ugh. Anyway, it's really good. Do you know it's... that some people have got such a fucking bee in the bonnet? Because I don't know if it was Justin Roiland or Dan Harmon pointed out, if there's infinite universes with infinite possibilities, there has to be one universe where Rick and Morty have sex regularly. Blech. <laughs> Blech. No, so people are like, blech. why are you promoting paedophilia? He's like, we're not. <laughs> we're not showing you that universe. Uh, no, that's gross. Um, of course it is. I wonder if there's a universe where Rick never left. Well, yeah. There in- has to be. Infinite but universe that with every like. single possibility. Anyway, oh, Rick and Morty. Though. The thing that I love about it as well is that it's a very, it's a good sci-fi show yeah. as well. It's not just funny. Like, it's really, the concepts it has and the, and the, the, the planets I'm assuming the, that's oh. the Dan Harmon part. Hey, well planned it. A lot of things seem unintentional. Yeah. A lot of and I like a lot of the, things are... I like a lot of the little callbacks as well. Like occasionally on an episode, you'll see in the background on a telly a bit of Gazorpazort Field or ball fondlers. <laughs> ball fondlers. Needs more baby legs. Uh. 
<laughs> it does need more baby legs than regular legs. Yeah, I love it so much. I am. I've basically made myself the senior Rick and Morty correspondent for Geek Syndicate because I love it so it's much. The junior one. <laughs> yeah, the junior one's also me. <laughs> you made it's... yourself junior vice president of Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, it is top tits, fantastic, and it gets yeah infinite thumbs up. Yeah, from it's alright, isn't it? You like it more. Yeah, it's alright, isn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> I've got nothing else to talk about. No, I'm done. Oh, that was easy. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I've got some pluggy plugs. Have you got any pluggy plugs before we pluggy plug? No. Oh, um, sucks to be you. <laughs> listen to some podcasts. You could. They do exist. This one. Other this is ones. A good one. Yeah. Um, well, some is Some other it? ones out there. <laughs> well, this, is this, a this one? one isn't probably a good one. <laughs> There's some other uh, podcasts that are good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of podcasts. Like that one and the other one. Um, I like the other one a lot. The other one's good. Yeah. That I bet that one. Oh, and that thing. Speaking of podcasts and things, I somehow managed to get through to the final three of the UK Podcasters Awards in the TV and film category. I don't know how, and I would like to thank everybody who put in a nomination for me because I was I was at work when Did I found out that I got. Because there's only two people in your category. No, there were like uh, there were like at least twelve. Uh, 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 one, of them, one of them was Geek Syndicate. Now I feel bad. Made a joke. Um, well done. Would you like a carrot? No. Okay. Um, I would as well, actually. Mm. Yeah, do you want to hop the shop? No. Magnums. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Podcasts, yes. Um, so thank you to everybody who took the time to nominate me because I legitimately cannot believe I got through to the final three. Um, but you've now got, and I realise by the time I put this episode out, it's only going to be a couple of days, but till the end of August to actually put in a solid vote for me. I've forgotten the name of the web... Well, I have forgotten the name. I've forgotten the web address because it's like... Lots and lots of numbers, dot slash, forward, blah. I mean, you go to it and search for the awards so, in TV yeah. and If film. you go to New Media Europe and search for the Podcasters Awards, what they've done is they've got every category in order with the three nominees and you just click on the ones that you want to you wanna vote for. Job done. So if you, if you would like to go and plonk in a vote for me, that would be lovely. And also my buddies over at Two Grown Men got through to the final three in the kids and family category i think that's what it's called so plonk a vote in for them as well if you want because that would be nice if me and my friends won awards i don't know what the award is because it's the first year it's been done but hey it'd be pride. pretty nice to keep pride i'm not going to be at the award ceremony either so i don't know if they'll like send it me in the post if is i win or pride? it could be pride just get a nice little box of pride in the post so yeah it's go like do that it does doesn't it yeah. um so go do that and also if you want to leave a review for me uh, for this show on iTunes or on the UK podcast directory, then please do, um, because that gets it in front of other people's eyes, and that would be also nice. And you can follow me on Twitter. I've got a new account just for the parlour that's called Stacey's Parlour. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y-S-P-A-R-L-O-U-R. Also, Parlor at gmail.com or T on Instagram. Also, T-shirts and ting on Facebook. at spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk and go on Facebook and search for Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Come join the group, talk about things. I think that's me, Dan. Do you want to tell people where to find you or are you scared of stalkers? No. Don't find Rich. He's a grump. Oh, you're my grump now. I love you. Weirdo. No, I'm hugging you. That's what's happening. Oh, I guess that's it then. Yep. Ta-ra. Good night. Bye. Lay it, lay it down. Let me see your hand 
I'm built of metal, I can't be broken But not when I'm with you 